Welcome, everybody, to our teaser episode of Serious Epidemiology, a brand new podcast from the Society for Epidemiologic Research. I am Matt Fox from Boston University, and I am here with Haley Bannock from the University of Buffalo. Hey, Haley. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing particularly well because I'm very excited about this this new podcast that SER is launching. I hear the hosts are fantastic. Terrific. Just the best. I mean, two amazing hosts. What more could you want? This is going to be a methods-focused podcast, so many of you probably are already familiar with our other podcast at SER, which is Epidemiology Counts. EpiCounts is really focused on cutting-edge topics and information designed for SER members but also for the general public. This one is going to be focused much more on epi methods. And it's really designed for students and faculty at all levels who are interested in learning more about epi methods. And can you tell us, Haley, a little bit more about what you're excited about about this podcast? I mean, I love everything about epi methods. So anything related to it gets me excited. But really, I'm excited to have the chance to talk to the experts on these different methods to get their perspectives and to learn more from them. We've had some terrific guests so far. We've recorded with uh, Dr. Daniel Westreich, Dr. Maria Gleemore, Dr. Whitney Robinson, and Dr. Ellie Murray from Boston University. And we've just had some fantastic conversations about methods. I've learned a ton about each of the methods and the topics we've talked about. We've talked about asking the right types of questions, about the target trial framework, about social epidemiology and causal inference. It's just been a terrific experience thus far, and I'm really excited to continue to learn and record these podcasts and share them with the broader epi community. And I feel the same way, and I'm, I'm super excited about this. This has been a really fun project to work on with you, and I agree with you that it has been an uh, amazing experience to get to talk to all these people who know so much about these really fun topics like the counterfactual model and asking good study questions and Bayesian inference and things like that. So it's really been fun. So the idea is that this is going to be a month podcast of interviews with methodologists who are, are doing cutting-edge work. We may throw in some some other episodes that'll be more like Journal Club occasionally when we have them. We've got one already in the works that we're looking forward to. But one of the things that we do in this podcast is we like to get to know the people we're interviewing just a little bit more on a personal level. And so we ask them some, some questions to get to know a little bit more about them. And so we thought we might want to share a little bit about ourselves. So Haley, let me start with you. And I would like to know what is something that our listening audience does not know about you? This is a hard question. It's actually a harder question than I expect, but we ask our guests this every time, so it's only fair. So you got to be able to be able to do it. I guess something most people would not know about me is that I am severely lactose intolerant. I can't have dairy in any form because I'm so lactose intolerant. So no ice cream, none of that delicious summer treats. So do you do any of the dairy substitutes or or like uh ice cream substitutes? No, I don't like any of those. Mm. Dairy, almond milk, soy milk, they all have a funny taste to me. I just live my life without milk, which is fine for the most part. You know, I, I do miss out on ice cream, especially because it's 90 degrees outside, or I would call it 30 degrees outside. But for the listeners, it's 90 degrees outside. <laughs> I think that that's fair. So I also want to know, do you have a guilty pleasure? Yes, I do. And it's reality TV. 
<gasps> I love all forms of reality TV. Really? The the trashier, the better. The Bachelor, a, a, really any kind of reality TV show. I just love it. I, I really, I look forward to it on a week-to-week basis. That's how much I love it so much. So that is definitely a guilty pleasure. Okay, last question for you. Is there a movie that you just love and can rewatch over and over or anything, or even just a movie that you just really love? I feel like this teaser is revealing a lot about me. Mm-hmm. That's the point. <laughs> I would say truly a movie I can watch over and over again would be Legally Blonde. Mm -hmm. And I hope I'm not receiving too much judgment for that, but it's a terrific movie. It's a story about triumph, doesn't matter what you look like. She went to law school, I was always very proud of her. So yes, Legally Blonde would be a movie that I can watch over and over again. No no judgment for me, no judgment for me whatsoever. Thank you, I appreciate that. I mean, you know, other than silently, obviously. (laughs) You and the thousands of listeners out there that now know that I prefer reality TV and <laughs> Legally Blonde. Okay. All right, so now it's your turn. And I hope we can learn a little bit about you. I'm an open book, so this is easy. I, I hope so. So I guess I'll start easy, sort of easy. And, and tell me what your favorite food or drinks. So I am a seafood lover. Pretty much mm. anything seafood gets me excited to eat. But I would have to say that it's a toss-up when it comes to seafood between fried clams and lobster rolls. Or lobster mm. in general, really. I have a hard time deciding on which one I like more. But those are... Those are definitely I'm a New Englander at heart and I struggle a little bit because my family is not very into seafood they'll eat a little fish but that's about it so generally I am on my own when it comes to eating fried goodness that comes from the sea Do you have a, a favorite lobster roll in the city of Boston or the, the area? Not really in the city of Boston. There are some places around, but I, I can't say I have a, a go-to place. There is a place actually that opens up not too far from our work that I'm gonna, I haven't tried yet called Lobster on a Roll. Lobster. But there are some great, you know, lobster shacks up on the coast of Maine. So anytime you go up there, just any chance to sit out and eat lobster coming fresh in from the harbor <laughs> is is one of my favorite things. Can you ever eat too many lobster rolls? So the answer to that is definitely no. That's one of the great things about lobster is it's it's not very filling. So you could just keep eating and eating and eating. And one of my favorite things about eating lobster is that if you eat lobster with other people who don't really know how to eat a lobster, there's almost always leftovers from theirs because they just don't really have the interest in eating a lobster the way it should be eaten. So my favorite is not just eating lobster, but eating lobster with other people who don't really know how to eat a lobster. So it's a subcategory of your favorite food is picking off the shell casings of those who don't know how to eat lobster. (laughs) That is exactly right, yep. Good to know. Okay, um, another question, you know, I'm, you asked me this, but it's only fair that I'm going to ask you, is what is your, your favorite movie or what, what's a movie you could watch over and over again? So I am a movie person and there is mm-hmm. definitely a lot of movies that I watch over and over. If, if we're going for this, you know, more serious drama-y kind of movies, I am a big fan of the, of the Godfather series and have watched those many, many times. And then if we're going for something a little bit more amusing, I can watch pretty much the entire Austin Powers series over <laughs> and over. Despite the fact that it is the exact same movie, all three of them are the exact same movie with the exact same jokes, and yet they still manage to make me laugh every time. 
Well, I'm not judging you for that. No. But maybe I'm silently judging you for that. I do have to say, like, there are definitely aspects of those movies, both of them, actually, the, the Godfather series and the Austin Power movies that certainly do not hold up. On the other hand, there is some, some good stuff in there, too. You know, you can't account for taste. No, apparently not. Uh, okay, and, you know, I guess I'll ask a more Epi Methods-related question, because, you know, it's an Epi Methods podcast. Tell me one paper, Methods-related Epi paper, that you read or, or reread every year, or you think that you should find time to read or reread every year. There are actually two, and one of them is one of the ones that we did for our journal club. It was the first journal club that we did, and that is two papers by uh, Sandra Greenland. One is Randomization Statistics and Causal Inference, which is the one, I think that's what it's called, that we talked about in our journal club, which really talks about the underpinnings of frequentist statistics in general and the role that randomization plays in the understanding of frequentist statistics. Then the other one by Sandra Greenland is Identifiability, Exchangeability, and what is it, Confounding? I, I forget the exact name of it, but the one that is really gives the counterfactual underpinnings of our understanding of cause and effect versus confounding. And those are just two papers that I read as, as a doctoral student and struggled with so much to understand. And the more I go back to them, the more I get out of them each time. So those would be those would be two that I can go back to over and over. I don't know that I do it every year, but I should. It's amazing how in papers like that that are so dense but have so much information in them, how you can read them over and over again and get something new out each time. And I think that's a great segue and lead in to the podcast that we're doing because even if you think you might understand a method or you're familiar with a method, you can always learn something new. And, and certainly I have in talking to these experts about each of these topics. And that's part of the continual learning that's fun as an epidemiologist. You know, it doesn't stop when you finish your degree. We continue to learn so we can continue to build on our, our knowledge base and, and I think that's really cool and part of why I was so interested in, in doing this podcast so I'm really excited to be doing this with you. And I am as well. And one of the things that we say in the in the intro to the podcast is one of the reasons that we are doing this is if we are being totally honest with ourselves, it's because we have lots of questions that we would like answered by people who are out there in the field doing this amazing work. And so let's be honest, this is a podcast, nobody could ever listen to it, and we'd still be perfectly happy. But you should listen, you should, you should definitely listen. And so we are really looking forward to this. As I say, this is going to be a monthly podcast, we hope that you will go out and subscribe to this and tell all your friends to subscribe and we will be planning our first episode to be released probably in the middle of july so look for that in your podcast feed and we look forward to having these great conversations for you all to be part of <laughs>